welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 3rd of March 2016 and this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. But because of his anniversary, we're not joined by Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Instead, we're joined fresh from keynoting the Gulf Shores Orange Beach Digital Marketing Summit in Alabama, where he spoke about SEO and uh, Avadosh's See, Think, Do ideas. And the uh, analytics for large brands at Akron and Media, we have Tom Craver sitting in the co-host seat today. Welcome here, Tom. Thank you, sir. It's been way too long. It has. Feels How you be been back. doing? Uh, I've been doing boring analytics stuff for really great big brands in a company I absolutely love. Don't get me wrong. But just, you know, same old, same old. Plugging away. Yes, I have a real job. Thank you for the applause. That's <laughs> <laughs> well, good to have you in the... Uh... In the uh, the co-host chair, uh, thanking a large client of yours in Canada for um, canceling your trip at the last minute, giving you time to do this show. Indeed. Indeed. Although that means uh, we don't get drinks together, but you know, at least I get to be here with you for an hour, so that's good. Well, you know, the way it, worked, the way it would have worked out, Tom, had you come up to Toronto this week and we wanted to sit down, I am having the craziest the craziest week ever. I'm... Uh, I'm doing uh, social media support for the, the the largest show in the world, which is coming up this weekend. Uh, coming up this weekend at the Better Living Center at Exhibition Place in Toronto, the 30th annual Toronto International Bike Show. Um, so, I, you, when you're doing uh, social work for a for an event this big, um, the week before you're 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 constantly you just run off your feet. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, uh, the show opens tomorrow, so had you actually come up, we'd have had time for a drink that I would have had to run again. So just as well, get more time on the air this way. Absolutely. So what's going on this week? A lot of news to talk about? Tons of stuff going on this week. I don't even know where to begin. Um, Normally, uh, Dave Dave and I just do a rundown of the news, and we uh, find one story that we know we're going to talk about for the longest time. I'm not sh- that's the one that we have is our is our middle section where we have like a whole half hour to talk about it. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure what that middle story is today. Um, SMX is happening in uh, in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, Search Marketing Expo West, uh, complete with the first Google Dance in like what? How many years now? That's like awesome. Seven years? Six years? No, longer than that. Oh, well, maybe not. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time. Yeah, um, I think you've, why not? Well, I guess because you were supposed to be in Toronto this week. That's why. Otherwise, you'd be in California too, right? With a Google dance happening? Absolutely. Why not? Absolutely. Um, I think we were both at the last Google dance, like the, the last one before this. No, it's, no, uh, I, 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 I've never made a one, actually, believe it or not. I always did the East Coast shows, never did the West Coast shows. Wow. Okay. Google Dances were always a lot of fun. Uh, this one looks like it was great fun, too. There's, um, there's a video out there of Mike King just nailing, from, from iPoll Rank, just nailing rap. <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that, too. Um, so that actually, sadly, that's all the SMX news I have so far because the conference opened two days ago. They really haven't published a lot from the conference yet. What do you think of some of the new stuff that that's happening around Google? Um, I know that result, us, I had to actually stop my keynote. Last, it was really neat. I had like four slides talking about the the change last week with the with the ads taking off the sidebar yeah. ads. So I actually had a slide that said, you know, you know, stop the presses kind of thing, and and then I had this whole you know the colored bars from old days of TV when they went off the air and said now back to your regularly scheduled keynote. But yeah, I had to like stop midway through because I was talking about changes, how Google makes changes all the time anyway. I was like, wait, stop. This just happened. And everybody's faces went, <gasps> which is pretty much the reaction everybody's getting now, right? Well, you're you're actually an interesting character to talk to about this because um, 
your work has you straddling both, you know, both areas of the, the search marketing marketplace, the organic SERPs and um, the world of paid advertising. Um, what do you think? Who wins? Who loses here? Um, does the paid side, does the organic side win? Do big brands win? Who wins and loses with this change? Oh, Google wins and loses with this change, right? <laughs> so, I mean, no, seriously, the, 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 the big winner here is the amount of money they're going to make on, on more AdWords. I mean, that's pretty much how that goes. Um, you know, plain and, plain and simple, what's going to happen is that, you know, you're going to see a lot of, you've got, you've got four spaces now, and yeah, there's going to be some at the bottom, so, and that's, that's whatever. But you've, you're, you're not going to have the dozen and a half that you had before. You've got four spots now, pretty much. And so positions are going to change, and, you know, impressions and, and clicks are certainly going to decrease, at least in the short term. But what you're going to see almost definitely is with everybody falling out of their position, seeing less traffic coming through because they're not there anymore, you're going to see people bidding higher so they can get to that higher spot. And as a result, your average, you know, PPCs are going to really just skyrocket. Well, certainly going to go up. We'll see if they skyrocket or not, but they're certainly going to go up, which means your ad budget's going to have to go up. And, you know... You know, Google wins, right? They're, they're the only ones who are really going to win out of this. It's it's the basicness, and there's a little more to it than that, but it's the basicness, right, of supply and demand. There's less supply. Everyone wants to be at the top, and, well, there you are. You're going to have to pay more because that's how the algorithm works for that. I mean, quality score and everything else, but the more you're willing to bid is still a big part of, of where you end up, right? So smaller businesses are likely to lose here where larger brands can afford the bid. If they've got the budget for it, yeah. Um, it's it's early yet, but in your work, are you seeing are you seeing anything like that? That's uh, funny. I'm I'm not on the paid side of things right now. Um, um, I'm yeah, obviously I'm in the analytics side, but the the paid guys kind of are nice to us and run their own reports for the most part, unless they need something really really tedious or difficult. But um, no, I actually haven't seen a whole ton of stuff yet. A little bit of decreases across certain certain industries, but. Um, again, I'm not watching for most of that day in and day out. I'm, I'm more technical in the analytics implementations and whatnot. And I've got two clients this week that are unrolling major, major initiatives, so I haven't really paid attention to the normal monthly reporting stuff just yet. But well, it's early. It's only been a week. And it's not across the board yet either. A lot of people still aren't seeing it. That's the other problem. Well, I mean, that, that it, it comes down to uh, Google's definition of what is a highly commercial search, you know? Right, right. Um, and, and last week we covered uh, a statement by um, – Spacing the name, it wasn't one of the, the one of the two uh, usual suspects, our, our new Google spokespeople, but um, who, who said that a commercial search was when you say something like, "I want to buy X, Y, and Z, whatever product." Right. Um, but you you put that you put the intent, you instruct Google with the intent, either you're typing or, as Google wants you to, you're saying into your uh, your, your mobile device, "I want such and such." Right. However, we have seen it for like generic keyword things like business cards. Um, and that's actually quite interesting because you get the four links to the top, you get their whole Shopify or whatever they're not Shopify, but whatever Google's shopping thing is called now. You get actually eight products there and then a whole bunch of other stuff like, you know, FedEx or Staples or whoever does business card printing and then the organic results. So it's, it's interesting. It's not just, I mean, it's this, this sounds to me like one of those Google promises like, you know, not provided will never hit more than 10%. Well, we knew that was coming right from the beginning. <laughs> then they said, we're going to secure search. And it's going to be like, how is it not going to go over 10%? Yeah, by the time they made their 10% comment, it was already at like 8%, right? So, I mean, no. I, commercial searches only, I, I'm going to buy that as much as I buy the not, the not provided. This is the new not provided from, you know, three years ago. Okay. Now, this, this, this I, I just, it's my gut feeling. That's not official. I don't have that ungood, if anything, from anybody. And like I said, I've been traveling the world and, and doing a large rollouts for a couple clients right now, but that's just my gut feeling. My my two cents on this one is just keep monitoring what you're doing, though. I mean, set there's there's great you know alerts you can set in both AdWords and Analytics. Set the AdWords alerts for your your CPC increase, right? If you're starting to pay more for them, and set your Analytics alerts for drops in traffic and get to see if you're actually falling off, and you'll have to bid more then. But you know, just just watch for right now and see how it plays out. But ultimately, you know, you're going to see budgets have to go up here. Okay. Well, from 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 where you're sitting. Uh... What does this mean for the poor SEO practitioner? Um, do a better job at, you know, um, you know, organic. It's still tough to get into there, you know, depending on how competitive the, the, the searches are and, you know, bigger brands that are out there. I mean, it, it, it pretty much means they've got to find a way to make more, 
more AdWords revenue. So this is this is their thought behind it. I don't know. It depends on how. Now the question is, will this stay? I think is more along the lines. Will will you know? I remember I'm, it was one of the changes I was talking about last week in the keynote. I had a you know a slide that had all the you know panda and penguin and pigeon and all the all the animals that were out there. But one of them was the payout page layout algorithm that they changed, where it said if you have X percent of your page above the fold being ads, then we're going to penalize you for that. Well, what does this do now? You know, we all have wide screens that aren't as tall. You've got four ads, and I mean, fine, their their, their toolbars and their their search bar is a little minimalistic now at this point. It's not taking a lot of screen real estate, but still, you got four, you know, full ads, especially if those ads have stars or anything else inside them, and and then the the, the short links underneath them as well. Those ad, those four ads could take up you know seventy percent of the the top to bottom screen real estate. So, and then the stuff on the right is also going to be sort of paid shopping ads as well, especially if they're, you know, where can I buy kind of queries. So is Google going to hit itself with its own page algorithm layout penalty? I mean, that's, there's a question for you. Um, and will this stay? Because, frankly, the results will be more paid than anything else up top, above the fold. So, Well, which brings me to my, to my, to my next thought. Like, it's a, a, a reasonable observer will suggest that Google, pretty much everything Google's been doing the last uh, year and a half has all been directing towards a, a, a mobile universe, uh, a universe, you know, where we're looking at smaller screens. Um, they're predicting and, and in many ways, you know, creating changes in search user behaviors. How do you think this is going to change search user behaviors? Is it going to, you know, like, like a... Uh, uh, add to a decrease in trust of paid advertising in search, or will the organic SERPs drop by the wayside? If organic drops by the wayside, I'd like to think that some other engine will step in and people will start discovering that. And you know, just like Google rose very quickly and was a you know a, a common name on TV, googling something, you'll, you'll see something replace it eventually. If 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 it really does get that bad, um, but as far as I mean. You're right. They've always forced changes, whether it was make your pages load faster, make your pages, you know, HTTPS, whatever it is. When Google says jump, we all say how high, you know, so they're going to affect some kind of change. If you look at a lot of the results, you know, they are even the desktop results are thumb friendly if you were to plop that on a device of some kind. So, I mean, they certainly are dictating things. They've got that, you know, little yellow ad next to their ads. But at the same time, I mean... Uh, yeah, you're starting to see more and more ads above the fold. You're starting to see, you know, above the above the organics. People won't know eventually which ones are which. I mean, I really think it'll be you'll, you'll inherently just kind of click things and go, oh crap! After you touched it, I just noticed the ad that was next to it there or whatever, you know. So, I you know, it's it's hard to say. Google's obviously testing something out here, seeing if they can affect behavior, and they usually do. So, whether these behaviors will be good or bad ultimately in the end is. Is subjective. I mean, if the ad re- the ad results are still ad results, if they can deliver quality ad results, and that's a big if. Um, sure, if it's only on you know actionable things like buying or renting or donating or you know whatever registering, that's that's one thing. I mean, I will look at ads when I'm at that stage of of buying, but if I'm just doing some research on differences between this and that, you know, I, I'm really going to skip the ads. I just want the information at that point. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and but I guess the indicator will be if Google changes its layout again, eh? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, think about what, what Eric Schmidt had said. We want to know what you're typing before you even start typing it or before you even think it yourself, right? So if they really, really are working toward intent, in theory, and this isn't necessarily better for Google per se, but in theory, they should be actually delivering you stuff, ad or otherwise. That is what you want to do. Or is what you're trying to accomplish um, creepy? Absolutely creepy, but you know that's what they're supposed to be doing. So if ads can accomplish that that end, and the click through rate on the ads, and the staying power, and people aren't going back again, or if that's if that seems to indicate to them through whatever measurement practices they put in place, if that seems to be working, then you won't see them change. But if it doesn't do what they think it was going to do, yeah, they'll they'll roll back and punt. It might take them two years. Google <coughs> Plus, <coughs> um, but you know. <laughs> They, they'll eventually roll things back and, and it almost admit they made a mistake or just call it, you know, a new way of doing things. Either yeah, way. I, I, I think the latter is more likely than the former. Um, 
It's just a, a new layout. And, well, you know, the funny thing is people get all ticked off about that, too, a couple of years from now. Um, let's shift gears a little bit. We're going to take a break in a few minutes. Here's a, here, here's, here's a shorty we can talk about, though. Uh, one thing that has been reported out of SMX West, uh, Google Principal Engineer, uh, Bashad Bazadi, Bashad Bazadi. Easy for you to say. If I butchered the name, all apologies. Uh, he's a principal engineer at Google Zurich. And um, while, while, while speaking to the audience at SMX, he, uh, he said that Google is working on conversational search, a uh, search query allowing users to buy or locate stuff by talking to their devices. Um, you know, my usual, my usual example is, um, hey, Google, I want to order a pizza. Now, Google, you know, on, on an Android device, Google knows exactly where I am. And, you know, it knows all the pizza shops near me. Hopefully. It knows who I order from most frequently. It'll hook me up in seconds. Milliseconds, in fact. That's kind of cool, eh? Well, again, going toward buyer behavior and going toward, you know, that natural, let's immerse the user in the experience and make this easier for everybody. You know, so... I'm, that this should be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, you've got you've got two things, but again, it's all about the money, right? You say who wins. If this is all going toward money. So, well, so Bashad talks about using products to buy voice search. The other news coming out of Google now is that they want to let you then pay in person with your face. Yeah, I want to get to that in a few minutes. Because it's apparently too much for people to pull out their phones and just tap it on the little box, right? <laughs> so... Everything Google's doing now is is toward the almighty purchase. Here, we're going to throw more ads in your face and and make you pay more for those ads if you're if you're a, a seller if you're you know a merchant. We're going to allow the consumers to do all this by voice. And how do these ads? That's the next step of this, right? You start doing voice searches. What comes back? Is and and how does that get triggered? Exactly. Right. Sure. So is that little Google Voice going to come back and say, "Hey, there are twelve pizza shops near you." These guys paid us more, so we'll mention them first, but they won't actually say it that way, right? Um, so who do you want to go with? Try the top one. You know, I mean, seriously, what? Where does this? Where does this go with that then? So well, the, the, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out too. Well, absolutely. Um, both from a uh, consumer point of view, and also from a from a service provider's point of view, um, I think there's going to have to be more than just uh, purchasing the assist on the purchase decision. Again, um, Google knows exactly who I order pizza from over and over and over again, right? Right. And, you know, I'm a, I like to well, think I'm a... Whether you use your phone or not, whether you use your phone or not, they know that. They know when you've walked into the place. You Certainly, know, absolutely. I mean, I think... You know, again, everybody, I like to think I'm an interesting guy, but the truth is there's only three, two, maybe three places I order pizza from. Well, having so been I, up that way with you, I, I, I realize that, too, because you don't have that many choices there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suspect Google will feed me what I normally feed myself. You'd think so. And that was point to the will the, the, the not so constructive criticism come. Hey, we know it's Friday. You're ordering from such and such again here, Jim. We just already ordered. Click here to confirm. I'm sorry, Jim. We can't order that for you. Your Fitbit tells us. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Speaking of feeding, we got to feed Webmaster Radio, the enormous beast that eats so much commercial. Uh, we got to go to commercials here. Um, we got Tom Craver from Akron and Media joining us here on Webcology on the 3rd of March, 2016. Stick around. More coming up after the break. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at WMETraining.com. 
Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 3rd of March, 2016. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, joined by Tom Craver from Acronym Media. Dave Davies, for uh, Dave Davies fans, he's on honeymoon this week. Uh, by the way, happy anniversary. Oh, no, not even. I'm sorry. He's on an anniversary trip this week. Happy anniversary, Dave and Mary. I think they did their honeymoon like a decade and a half or more ago. Could be a second honeymoon or a, you know, dozenth honeymoon or whatever, right? It's, just, it's okay. Yeah, it could be. You know, I was at that, I was at their wedding X number of years ago. <laughs> God, darn, that was so long ago. Where does the time go? I had just uh, I had just got our company sued for forty grand. What a day! That that was actually a very uncomfortable wedding because my boss was all mad at me. Right? He was there too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, those were the good old days. Fun times. So, conversion. Did you hear that commercial? The, the last commercial uh, just before we came back to air. Conversion conference happening in Vegas over St. Patty's Day. That sounds like a party in and of itself, right? No, there. actually, that's in May, uh, Jimmy. Oh, how did I screw that? What, 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 what were you guys doing telling me there's a show on... Uh, Your show. Oh, the show. show. March 17th is St. Patty's Day. Day. Well, Tim Ash will wish he was here, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking green beer. Okay, conversion conference happening in May in Las Vegas. Um, always an amazing show, and uh, Tim Ash is... Uh, uh, I don't even know the right word, a phenomenal marketer. Um, definitely, definitely high on the gotta gotta see list. If you're uh, follow, you know, if you're in the business to get conversions, that's one of the conferences to be at. Um, and again, SMX happening uh, live right now in California, where they're most certainly talking about. Um, well, they're talking about the mobile world. Everything, everything is about mobile. Um. Amp. <laughs> what do you think? It's now available in Joomla, Drupal, and WordPress. I didn't realize all of them. I saw Drupal come out the other day and said that I hadn't seen all of them come out and say, here, we can start doing this. It's got to happen, obviously. Accelerated mobile pages are all about stripping out the extraneous. You know, you get like, uh, strip out, strip out, uh, really heavy images, strip out a whole bunch of the JS and a whole bunch of the CSS and a whole bunch of the code that just bloats the hell out of it. 
while it loads on your phone. And uh, one of my publishing clients, we've uh, we've we've you know installed a uh, a workaround while they work out programming their own accelerated mobile pages uh, pages uh, in WordPress using the WordPress AMP plugin, and um, it works, but it's clunky. Well, typical WordPress plugins right out of the, the gate too, right? I mean, I can point you to a bunch of rich snippet plugins that never actually grew up either, and they, they were raw in the beginning. Some grew up, some didn't. So, I mean, that's that's par for the course because what you got to think about with that one, Jimmy, is that you've got developers jumping as fast as they can by some specs that a marketer described to them saying, here, we need to worry about this. We don't really know technically how it works, but here's some resources to point to, and developers, God bless them, who being the people that they are, and I used to be one of them, and I kind of still sort of, we all still sort of are, right? Um, they just go by the exact letter of the law. They don't actually try to think about a solution. They just program what they read or were to- or told. So, you know, over time, when people realize, oh, this isn't working exactly as we wanted it to, and they start being able to describe things better to the developers, building these plugins and, and, and modules and whatnot, they do eventually get better. Well, do you remember Jacob Nelson from, uh, like, forever ago, the uh, champion of stripped-down design? Very vaguely. Well, uh, okay, think about Craigslist then. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> Which is by the champion site of stripped-down design. Mm-hmm. Um, now, AMP websites that, I, that I've seen out there, um, almost certainly through the, one of these plugins or, you know, for Joomla, Drupal, Drupal, or WordPress, they look, a lot, they look a lot better than Craigslist. But that's the kind of feel, you know, um, very sparse, information only, and lightning fast. Well, but, yeah, that's, and that's their intent. But now you've lost... As long again, here's the problem. Then you're you're going to see this have to change at some point because you're going to lose a lot of the rich ads. You're going to, I mean, it's going to be a better experience for the user, absolutely, hands down. Um, unless you really want all that fancy, fancy, slow your browser down. Let's auto play all the videos as fast as we can so we can run ads underneath without you noticing until your bandwidth, you know, bill goes up. But mm-hmm. at some point in time, this is going to turn into paid content or something. It's something's going to have to break on it. Because the publishers won't be able to make money off of it. Yeah, uh, agreed. Again, this is all directing towards a mobile universe that's you know getting faster and faster as you know mobile devices themselves get faster. But in the mobile world, we're constrained, completely constrained by um, bandwidth speeds, and that's not the amount of bandwidth that's out there because there's an unlimited amount of bandwidth out there. It's what you can get between your device and um, said broadcaster. Right. Who may be two or three miles away from you, depending on, you know, what area you're in. Like, you're probably fine where you are in Toronto, but, you know, you drive a half hour northeast or west from where you are, and you might have a lot less frequent towers, you know, just just the bare coverage amount. So, yeah. And when you start bouncing between them, then you really got problems. Well... Yes and no. Um, You you, you notice this happened in New York City a lot. Um, Big buildings block signal, and there's a crap load of noise out there. Sure. And, of course, Uh, the more people that are on it, too, you're going to be dividing that up even further. Yeah, you ever ever go to a conference and try to get on the Wi-Fi? Yeah, we had one last week, as a matter of fact. (laughs) I was the presenter. I still didn't have anything. Come on now. (laughs) This is why news is slow, so slow to come out of Santa Clara this week because they're all on the Wi-Fi. You see, huh. that's that's my thinking. Um, okay, so buying something with your face—I <laughs> I can't wrap my head around this one, Tom. <laughs> like, um. How is there a mask that you got to wear? Do you got to stick your head across the barcode scanner? Like, yeah, we're gonna turn this into like Mission Impossible now, right? I'm gonna buy a Jim Hedger mask and like wrap it all around my face, and then I'll start charging everything to your cards. Well, have I mean, fun, really, have, have fun with that. <laughs> I want to know where the yeah, right? <laughs> I want to know where the safety features are gonna come in for this one now. I mean, seriously. This is this is going to be, and then again, you talk about your speed, right? 
I mean, facial recognition has gotten much easier, much better, much faster. Google and Facebook probably have your stuff cached all the time anyway, you know, what your image looks like and, and whatnot. But really and truly, how are we going to protect ourselves from this one? Fingerprints are one thing, you know, but your face. I mean, can you hold up a picture? How, do they, how are they going to know this stuff? Well, this is something I think that consumers should be really afraid of, to tell you the truth. Did you know that they do have a national fingerprint registry, but you've got to be a criminal to get on it? <laughs> um, same with a national DNA registry. Um, you almost certainly have to be a criminal to get on it, or you have to volunteer your DNA or you know, volunteer your fingerprints, which lots and lots of people do for identification purposes. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that parents don't get their kids fingerprinted for ID purposes because you know, I'm not a – not an idiot, but um, do you? I mean, could you the verification. What would be necessary to verify payment by face is well, a national I, facial recognition database. Well, that's just it. So the the story that I've seen, it well, it really is too. If you think about it, because now all that okay, so you have an option, right? I sent for Facebook, and, and presuming Facebook or Google or whoever is going to do their job properly, and there's, there's a presumption, but let's just go with that one for a second. Then I say my picture is only available to my friends, and presumably that photo should not get out anywhere. Even though Facebook knows me, and if somebody else has a photo that I happen to be in, whether we're friends or not, they could probably get an auto tag for me with my face. They know this mm-hmm. stuff. So does Google. What, what we're seeing with this, you know, you know, hands-free, use-your-face-to-pay kind of stuff, is that you tell the cashier, hey, I want to pay with Google. And pretty much they look up your face in the Google directory that they have on their point-of-sale device because um, we know those are going to be so fast as it is anyway. I mean, I, let's just <laughs> let's think about traditional credit cards. You swipe your card, or God forbid you have the new chip ones and you put it in there, which take even longer than the swipe at this point. Mm-hmm. Those take so damn long to get through. What the hell is it going to do for your face? Right? I mean, it's not like you see on TV when you see some criminologist sitting there with a the witness saying, okay, I'm going to keep pressing this button here, and the picture's going to just you know, pop up just like that, and you're going to tell me what the suspect looked like. No, it takes freaking ever. I mean, it's just slow as hell. So how is this going to work, and how, how much are consumers going to actually have enough patience for this? Add and- to that, twice in my life, I've met my doppelganger, although I <laughs> – the first time I was on mushrooms, but that's a that's a different story altogether. He really was there, um, but at, at at a conference at a I think it was actually it may well have been an SMX or an SES in uh, San Jose. I met a doppelganger, someone who looked exactly like me. Weirdest experience. Now, if that guy is going out and buying airline tickets on my face, uh, well, then again, come to think of it, I can do that on his. <laughs> Well, it, it really becomes an issue, I mean, for a lot of things. My daughter, um, at one point in time, decided that she wanted to chop all her hair off. She had hair that hung down pretty much to her waist, and she waited for it to grow out long enough so that it could be donated to Locks of Love. And when she, Yeah, excellent. I'm very proud of it for, for me as a dad. But when she chopped all her hair off and was down to a short, you know, above-shoulder-length bob, she was a completely different-looking person. I mean, not completely, but I mean a very different-looking person. You know, I went, you know, about, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, I had longer hair. I was looking like Billy Joel in the 80s, right, you know? And um, I had a partner in the DJ business that I had, and we hadn't seen each other in like three months just because we, we were just getting things off the ground, a lot of other stuff going on. And we, we were going to be at the same gig together at the same time, and I'm like, all right. So he goes, so what's going on? I'm like, yeah, you won't believe it. I chopped off all my hair, and, and I grew a goatee. And he goes, yeah, no, sure, haha, very funny. Sure as hell. As soon as he saw me, I mean, I had a kind of buzz style cut and I had a goatee again very different looking person at that point what happens just when you like change your picture? exactly right yeah actually you're right you know what nowadays you're right and I've got about as much gray in my goatee as he has too at this point so yeah you guess you're right Billy Joel is my doppelganger I'll start buying everything on his face there we go <laughs> well you'll get a lot further on his face than you will on my car <laughs> love it yeah, the, okay. the future is here. We're not thumbing anything anymore. We're just going to smile at the cashier. Remember what we used to say? Smile at the cashier and hope that gets you far? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I, that's how my looks. Guess what? We're here. Ter- the, the future is um, mind-blowing. Uh, that almost makes me want to get into robotics after. I think we'll leave that to the last segment. 
Here's a cool one. Here's, here's a cool SEO one. Um, this came out from uh, a UK company, Reboot Online. It was also picked up in the Moz blog and uh, recently jumped on by um, the SEM post and uh, I believe it's in Search Engine Watch as well. The uh, benefits of authoritative outgoing links. Did, did you catch this story? Pieces of it. Okay, well, um, it was published uh, towards the end of February, but uh, it's just starting to pick up steam in the in the SEO community now. Um, Reboot Online is a uh, marketing company, again, in, in the UK, and uh, they decided to stage an experiment where they used a completely made-up word, uh, philindonic. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, philindonic. Um, and they made up web pages for this health product, um, this new miracle health product, miracle beauty compound, philindonic. Now, that's, you know, so fake pages for a fake health product, like, you know, there's like a gajillion of those out there, uh, of course. Five of the pages, they didn't have any links going out. Five of the pages, they linked to places like... Um, Oxford University, uh, Cambridge, um, the Genome Project, etc. Okay, you know places that would actually be authoritative in a health-related search. Right. Now they didn't have um, they didn't have any incoming links because they made up these pages. They they just made these pages. Nobody knew these pages existed except, you know, Google when, when Google discovered them. Guess which pages got ranked? The ones that linked out to the high-quality places. Yep. Now, this is one study without a lot of corroborative evidence. The ones that ranked were the ones that had the outgoing links. Um, again, these pages were about something that doesn't exist. And again, if you, if, if, you, if you type a search term that doesn't exist into Google, you're either going to get absolutely nothing or you're going to get the pages you made for the search term that didn't exist. Right. But again, the ones that come up, the ones that were, you know, actually getting a rank and ranking higher. I'm sorry, all the pages were eventually discovered by Google, but the ones that ranked higher were the ones with outgoing links. The ones with no outgoing links ranked lower. But again, you know, this is, we can sit here and go, wow, but really and truly, this was SEO 101, like what, eight, ten years ago, where they said, link naturally to places that, you know, your your job, so, so said Google to the webmasters, your job is to make sure that the content you provide is of good quality to the users reading it. You know, the whole don't write for search engines thing and blah, 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 which meant you can link out to other places, and yes, you're going to share some link juice or whatever the, the, the percentages of that nonsense was, but it was pretty much the, the, the rule was you're supposed to link to places that you know help your, your readers keep getting more information. So that, that isn't surprising except for the fact that we as SEOs are fickle on jumping on the latest trends and <laughs> trying to hang on Google's every word or maybe their every tease. You know, and then try to read into the stuff they didn't actually say, but they might have, but didn't, but quite kind of sort of did. So, no, that, that makes complete sense, especially if they were linking out to good places, you know, like Stanford and, and, and whatnot. I mean, of course, all these places that are presumably authoritative should really be, you know, helpful to the user. So maybe what we're seeing is um, not causation, but correlation. Um, what Google was, it? we're not, it's, the outgoing links themselves weren't the factor. It's the good behavior on the on the uh, part of the webmaster that's the factor. What do you think? Maybe a little bit of both, too. I mean, if you link to crappy sites, too, or spammy sites, that's going to have a, a different effect on it, too. I mean... Okay, but we don't, we don't want to suggest that spammy sites, which these were. These were sites about stuff that didn't exist, not a miracle health product at all. But what you were linking, linking out to... to but okay, so the spam site's linked to an authority site, and it's going to rank better than the site than the spam site that didn't rank the authority site. I don't think we want we want to say that because I don't think that's entirely true. 
then I think we need more testing here to figure this out and see if it's any links that work or links to quality places that work. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you on that one. So interesting study, but a little early to call conclusions. Absolutely. Absolutely. But certainly linking out in some capacity is going to help a little more than not linking out. The question is how much and what quality and to who? Inclined to agree. Uh, more experimentation necessary. We love to experiment. Interesting piece in, uh, interesting piece in marketing land. Uh, put up by uh, Emily Grossman, who is uh, working with uh, Cindy Crum at Mobile Moxie on app indexing. A new frontier for SEO app packs in the app store search. And this is getting more and more invasive in search, especially on mobile. Um, and you find that brands whose app is the same name as their brand, you start to see this all cross over. So you'll see the brand definition as one link. Then you'll see a pack of apps for that brand or, you know, and then the rest of the results on top of that too. It becomes very interesting. And it's going to become interesting, and uh, we're going to have to leave it at that for the moment. Um, you know, a lot of apps are commercials, and we got to go to commercials because that's about the time it is. That's a crappy segue here on Webmaster Radio. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we try. Um, friends, you are listening to Web College on Webmaster Radio.fm. We're going to be co- coming back to talk more about app indexing uh, and the, the article that was. Um, Placed up in marketing land by Emily Grossman. You're listening to Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Tom Craver from Acronym Media. It's the 3rd of March, 2016. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at box speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davey. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on Webmaster Radio.fm. It's the 3rd of March, 2016. Uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined this week by Tom Craver from Acronym Media. Dave Davey is enjoying a. Uh, an anniversary vacation with his wife, Mary. So, again, happy anniversary to Dave and Mary. Um, 
before we had to go to break, Tom, we were talking about app indexing um, and uh, and mobile search. And an article that Emily Grossman put up in uh, Marketing Land and, and, and over in Search Engine Land, um, apps are becoming part of mobile search results. In some cases, according to Emily, they are supplanting organic results in mobile um, and uh, are, are, are becoming or sorry, treated by users as legitimate search entities. Well, they are now. I mean, they're they're one boxes essentially for for apps. And you know, it's funny because I, you know, you do a search for let's say just just to pick something here out of the air, Allstate, right? Mm-hmm. The first the first thing that I get if I do and this is a mobile search now too, okay, mind you. So so keep that in mind. But I do a mobile search for Allstate. So the first thing I get is going to be a whole bunch of ads on on places, you know. Local, local agents, if you will. Then I get a map pack for all of the local agents and the Allstate website. But the very, very next thing, which don't get me wrong, is about a screen and a half, almost two screens down, is um, the Allstate app that I can download. Um, Twitter works the same way. I mean, you know, you'd expect to see, you know, certain things for certain brands. But I type in a search for Twitter, and actually the very, very first thing I see is an ad to download the Twitter app for free. So now, and, and then if I, again, if I scroll down a half a screen, I see the actual organic one box for the Twitter app itself on, on the Google Play Store. And the only thing in between them is an organic link for Twitter.com with all its short links. So now what you're seeing here is an app. Uh, I don't want to call it an app pack, although that's a fun thing to say five times fast. But an app yeah. one box, if you will, for paid ad, because Twitter happens to be buying ads that are, so now they have a whole ad unit that's just for apps. Um, and I'm also seeing the, the organic one box for the app for Twitter, for that matter. You know, what will be interesting to see if that one box grows now and if you get somebody like, you know, Hootsuite or Buffer or any of the other cumulative social apps that Twitter is a part of. You know, you can use this for multiple Twitter accounts or multiple social mm-hmm. accounts or whatever. If you start to see that, that app pack getting bigger, uh, on your mobile search, but it's definitely intertwined in there. It's actually, you know, I saw the article as well too. It was again like last month, but um, and I was surprised that it wasn't talked about before because I've been seeing it for quite some time now. Actually, um, maybe it's just a lot more prevalent for a lot more searches now. Well, Emily's pretty smart, um, and uh, her 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 the founder of the company she works with, Cindy Crum, has been on mobile for eight or nine years now. Uh, safe to say one of the pioneers of, uh, of uh, mobile SEO. Easily. Um, how much do you think that uh, companies, medium, smaller-sized businesses, should be paying attention to the app world? Yeah, that, that really, honestly, I'm going to have to say that it really depends on what your business model is, right? So... And, and this gets into, I mean, we don't have the time for the discussion on this, but this gets into the whole, do I need a mobile site or a mobile app? Well, everybody needs a mobile site nowadays. We can, you know, we don't have to debate that one. But the app experience is different. What is going to make you as a person download an app that you have to interact with and that will get some of your private information because it always gets your phone number and email address no matter what app store you're using? Um, mm-hmm. I always like to use the example of the... Uh, the Broadway Theater League, the TKTS people. You can go to the box office there and, and buy the cheap tickets for same-day shows when you're in New York or, or wherever, right? So they have a, a website, they have a mobile site, and they have an app. And the app actually provides a lot more information, a little more up-to-date stuff with the data they can use for what's what's what, so you know which booth you can go to, whether it's the South Street Seaport one or the Times Square one or whatever. You know what what's going to be available at which booth. That is an app worth having if you're visiting New York and want to see a show on the cheap. But for mm-hmm. any, anything else, I mean, is it really worth having the, the app for? Are you going to have, uh, you know, Starbucks has an app, certainly, so you can pay easier if you want to give them, you know, your personal credit card information through their app or whatever. You know, um, Taco Bell, any restaurant has, has app, the chain restaurants have apps nowadays. But are you going to do that mm-hmm. for your local diner down the street? Are you going to do that for your hotel, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that apps are bloody expensive. That's something you got to keep in mind, eh? And you got to keep it up to date, and you got to make sure that permissions are safe and set, and all that fun stuff. And if your app is worth having, and if you can monetize your app, or if that means you get brand loyalty to help monetize, or however you determine business objectives for your app, 
absolutely then it's worth it investing in the, the SEO possibilities for making your app appear. As a branded search, you're going to see it almost, hopefully almost definitely. Um, again, a little more experimentation. I, I haven't I haven't done SEO for apps uh, extensively at this point. But yeah, I mean, that's something you do want to see. If you're a user, though, my question is, again, are you going to find this intrusive or are you going to find it helpful? Especially if it's a, if you can start doing it for non you know, I did the search for Twitter and I got the official Twitter app. If I start seeing other things, especially those ones on the Android side of things that might not be the highest quality of app and might be trying to steal some information from you, is that going to throw a kink into these works? And we'll see how slowly this becomes more invasive on non-branded apps. I'm, I, I think I'll have to agree with you. Um, although, if, if – how to say this? We're moving into a mobile environment. More searches are being conducted by mobile – um, I think uh, I, I Microsoft just purchased a app, an app maker. You know, much like much like you know WordPress and the, the content management systems became website makers, right. and it's making it available through the clouds. Um, I'm almost, I mean, seriously, in, a, in an insanely competitive search environment. Uh, my jury's out on this. You know, I'm uh, I'm thinking even dentist's office could use an app, but they're prohibitively expensive. I, I wouldn't say they're you know? prohibitively expensive. I mean, really and truly, um, there's you know there's App Accelerator. There's all kinds of ways you can make an app that really turns out to be a you know buttonless browser with a which mobile is, website embedded into it, which is not hard. Basically, to yeah. Um, and, and now Adobe last month put out AEM as their content management system for websites. They just put out AEM for mobile for doing the exact same thing. So, I mean, and they already own Accelerator and all some other products that, that do that. No, I don't think it's completely cost prohibitive, but it is certainly resource you know intensive because they'll have to keep that up to date, keep data connections going, all that fun stuff, and keep up with the latest devices too, as, as literally as, as programming calls change for that. But, you know... We'll see. It depends, again, do you need an app for your business altogether? If you do, and you're reliant on that for income and revenue, then certainly you want to be found in those results. Okay, and we're done. We've had a full hour here. Tom, Tom Craver from Akron and Media, thank you so much for standing in for, uh, for a vacationing Dave Davies today. As always, James, my pleasure. Um, friends, you've been listening to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. I'm Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and again... Gratefully joined, gratefully joined by Tom Craver from Acronym Media. You've been listening to Webcology on the 3rd of March, 2016. Stick around, Webmaster Radio. More great content coming up after the news. This is a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.